0: Thinking a Podcast, special episode, uh, pre-season finale of Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. And this is a warning, this podcast will contain spoilers of everything up to our predictions for the season finale, because we haven't seen it yet. Uh, hello, it's Matt Rather here, and I'm here with Mark Lee. Come with me if you want to podcast. I do want to podcast, and I want to talk about this show, because I am a fan. As uh, am I. At your insistence, and I, you know, (laughs) that's right, yeah. You were watching it from the beginning. I saw the whole first season in one fell swoop and then got into the second season when it started. Uh, I think I was like sick one day and like home all day and watched television and chicken soup, and it was awesome. You know, that first season uh, was awesome. I think the second season has been significantly less awesome, but uh, maybe we differ on that.
1: Well, We'll get into that. Um, maybe I should, I should preface this by you know, making sure that the audience is clear that um, I pretty much consider myself to be a Terminator fanboy. Um, I'll gobble up anything Terminator-related. Um, I even found Terminator 3 to be uh, moderately entertaining. You know, By no means approaching the greatness of Terminator 1 or Terminator 3. But I pretty much gave Terminator, Terminator 2, but I gave Terminator 3 a pass. Um, that being said, I was very excited for the TV show to come along and kind of correct a lot of the the shortcomings of Terminator 3. And it has. Oh, yeah, big time. I think just, you know, a, a quick, you know, correction of, you know, Terminator 3 had no Sarah Connor. Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles, by nature of its title, uh, very prominently featured Sarah Connor and she kicks a whole lot of ass. She does. She kicks a whole lot of ass. John Connor uh, goes from a really pathetic sniveling pathetic patheticness to you know, kind of snarling and uh, and re- rebellious teenager. Although not as, you know, as kicking as we all like, but I, th- we, I think we're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, those are kind of the two of the main things there in terms of correcting the problems. Oh, and the other thing, of course, is there is no fate but what we make, right? Correcting that kind of, you know, bringing the philosophy of the show back from the Terminator 3. Ah, it's Judgment Day, can't do anything about it. <laughs> everything everyone dies that's our destiny and then bring it back to the whole we're trying to stop judgment day i mean it's like literally uh, in one of the uh, intro monologues that they were using the show is that this is this is what we're doing we're trying to stop judgment day we're trying to stop skynet
0: so the upcoming terminator salvation is is going to take place i think entirely after judgment
1: day right yes picking up from the terminator uh, the ending of terminator 3 and we
0: should say that that mark and i were together at new york comic con where we saw a trailer uh, an unfinished trailer without a lot of the the visual effects, and I think the sound mix was not complete either but um you know we were there with Mick G and he presented this unfinished trailer for the uh the the Terminator fanboys in the audience. Yeah, exactly. Which you me. know, which was which was us. I guess I don't consider myself as much of a fanboy as you, but I do like it. I think it is a good uh, piece of science fiction. I like seeing science fiction that is kickass, as opposed to being like uh, you know, sort of I don't know what. Moralistic, metaphorical science fiction in the Star Trek mold, in the kind of space opera
1: mold. You're a pretty big Trekkie, too, though. I yeah. liked
0: I liked Next Generation, but I get sick of that if that's all. That's all that I have. I mean, I think science fiction can uh, run the gamut of styles of storytelling and doesn't have to be just one. You know, a metaphor for our times where we can't uh, we can't use the warp drive because it's polluting the atmosphere or space doesn't have an atmosphere. But you get my point that it's excessively moralistic and uh, not kick ass at all, you know. And I like seeing in Terminator. I like that there is kick ass sci fi. I think that's cool
1: myself. Uh, all, the, all the Terminator on Terminator uh, series, bang them up and explosions action. Hot,
0: hot the, the, Terminator on Terminator
1: action. Hey, let's talk about um, probably one of the most controversial pieces of this show is the casting of uh, that, you know, very attractive young woman as John Connor's Terminator buddy. You mean River Tam from Firefly? That's her name?
0: No, uh, her name is Summer Glau is the actor, actress's <laughs> name, but she, she played River Tam in
1: Firefly. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. In the uh, Josh Whedon, I, I can't. I can't say I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm super familiar with Firefly, but uh, I know there goes my nerd cred, right? Josh Whedon. You definitely
0: should. Uh, you definitely should watch it. It's a great show. Uh, it, it, it was, you know, canceled far too too early. Like sorry, Terminator, Sarah Connor Chronicles. Well, probably. it may be. Yeah. Now, is it? Is it? Um.
1: We don't know whether it's coming back next year. Whether it's been picked up. Just, I'm. I'm basing my pessimism off of uh, one of the. The blog post I saw on a Terminator blog uh, basically saying that uh, things aren't looking good and this is probably going to be the last episode ever, but we hope it's not. The last episode ever being the last, the, the upcoming series for now. Right. Season if you read, finale.
0: I mean, uh, you read Terminator blogs, I read like TV ratings blogs, and The Hollywood Reporter has a very good one which is called, I think, The Live Feed. Uh, or something but you can find it on on the hollywood reporter website and you know two things are interesting one the show was hemorrhaging viewers it was like losing 50 percent a week on the order of of that which is terrible but second season yes in that especially especially when it was paired with dollhouse in that friday night slot of death yeah. the uh you know it's Babylon,
1: yeah staying home at friday night and watching sci-fi tv instead of going out Exactly. Right. The nerd TV uh, yeah. slot. But, and this is true of Dollhouse also,
0: Dollhouse started to show some gains more recently because, you know, uh, though episodes one through five were um, a, a little disappointing, episode six started kicking ass. And I think Dollhouse has really turned itself around. Uh, Sarah so Connor Chronicles, like Dollhouse, picks up a lot of viewers when you take into account the people who DVR it and watch it within seven days after uh, after doing it. The numbers yeah. I don't think they quite double, but it's all it's almost that. And so you know, there's this new, and of course the name escapes me at the moment, but there's this new kind of rating, rather than the Nielsen metered households, that takes into account. Uh, people using TiVo and cable company provided DVRs to record the show and watch it later. Like Nielsen Plus Seven or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? like something like that. The Plus Seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's um, you know, and that you know, Terminator has big gains, and you'd expect that. You know, I mean, it's in the Friday night slot of death. You'd expect even nerds can go out to nerd bars together and hang <laughs> with their you know coworkers from Google or what have you, and uh, you know that. They would be generally technologically savvy and would watch the show. Yeah, but
1: overall, still, I mean, the ratings are not uh, good. Signs are cool. not encouraging. Signs yeah, not I guess, which is yeah. a
0: shame because I and and here's the thing: I think it had huge potential and it squandered it. So, right, like let's let's go through uh, the second season a little bit. We haven't seen the finale. We're you know, and we'll do another special edition podcast of the Overthinking Podcast after the finale. Uh, and, you know, and talk about it, right? So, um, uh, we started with uh, Cromarty,
1: I guess, right? Yeah, that was, they, they, obviously, they killed off Cromarty, or uh, sort of killed off Cromarty. That was what, like halfway through the season? Maybe right. towards the earlier part of it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And- I
0: think that was the first, wasn't that the first arc of the season? Uh, and then, you know, and then, of course, Ellison got him and. And kept him, turned him over to Shirley Manson from Garbage. Uh, great band, by the way. I, you know, I like it. Uh, who plays uh, Weaver, Catherine Weaver, the redheaded T-1000. Uh, and so he was hooked up to the proto-AI and became John Henry.
1: Right. That's that whole arc. And then In the meantime. Then, oh, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. What? Oh, and then and then at the end, it's the, the kind of the, the the big reveal, which is leading into the series, the season finale. Excuse me, is that uh, you know it, well, it seems like Skynet is actually out to kill John Henry. This our, our, this uh, homegrown AI that Catherine Weaver ZyroCorp uh, has been developing. So that's kind of we'll get to the uh, where this is going with the finale in, in a second. But that's kind of uh, where we are. To that's to that point with John Henry.
0: Right. That there's yeah. That there is another Skynet. There is another AI out there that is comparable to John Henry and is based on, uh, uh, based on Dice, the work at yeah, Dyson's work at, at Cyberdyne,
1: right? Yes, as revealed by the ASCII art, which was I know a big that was
0: incredible ASCII comment art. I know, yeah. Miles
1: Dyson spent a lot of time, you know, it was like lady. yeah, no, it was
0: like the days <laughs> of uh, I ran a World War IV uh, BBS on Silent. a. Yeah, 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 exactly. On a um, on an old computer with like a Hercules monitor, out of my bedroom when I was a teenager, and there were just incredible. um, It was ASCII art and also ANSI art because
1: you had color and you had more characters available to you. Rather, Uh, you you consistently, you know, just just demonstrate how much more of a of a tech geek. Uh, that you are than I am, and I. Every time that you kind of roll one of those things out, like we were talking earlier about hard drives, I just, um, you know, I, I i just have to pause and, and admire that.
0: Oh, thanks. I'm a hobbyist, though. I <laughs> I can't keep overthinking it up <laughs> half the time,
1: you yeah. know. I'm not but I'm a... were, I was. I guess you're you're an IT professional in some way. I'm. I've been an IT professional as well. well right. This is neither here nor there. Right. Uh, so the the other one of the other story arcs, I guess that that's been a big part of, uh, I guess, started in season one, been wrapped up in season two, was Riley. And, you know, I think I've been more probably more positive and forgiving of the show than you have been, rather. Yeah. But this, that has seriously been just getting my gut. I mean, because I just found that character to be not likable and annoying. I mean, obviously, she's just turned out to be not, you know, you know, on one of the good guys, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, the the, the Jesse sub, subplot, right, her kind of controller and her relationship with, uh, with Kyle Reese... Um, that i 've been a big fan of, but i can 't quite put into words what it 's bothered me so much about the Riley thing um, maybe it's because, uh, it 's because it slows the show down too much when they emphasize you know the kind of the, the super awkward relationship. That she has with john connor
0: well right I, you know the best thing they could have done was to reveal riley without killing her right because i think that it's interesting the show gets more interesting but you
1: when, want her to you didn't like it that they, they killed her off
0: i wanted her to join the team i wanted right? her to die so bad i don't no, think, I think she would, would have been a, a lot i think them. she would have been a lot less annoying if she had joined the team
1: that would yeah. I, I
0: Rather think, than I, just complaining about how she can't and she's scared of she's scared of Cameron and you know Jesse doesn't uh, you know doesn't give her any lovin or anything. I don't know. Like she,
1: I, she wouldn't have done that though because a she was afraid of Jesse and b she was also deathly afraid of Cameron.
0: I think it's. I think it would be a better show, you know. If she, I, I think that getting the team to be bigger would correct a fundamental problem with the show, which is that they're so insular that it becomes about a lot of navel gazing, like the the um, the shots of you know John or Sarah kind of staring off into the. Staring off into the distance and you know contemplating the unfairness of their fates just got on my nerves after a while.
1: I I can understand that, but uh, I want ass kicking. I want ass kicking. Yes, there should be there should be a balance, right? And and in defense of the show, one of the things I really like about it is that it's it's getting it has the time to really explore the motivations and characters. of John and Sarah, right? In Terminators 1 and 2 and, I guess, 3, they, you know there's not a lot of time for character... There's a little bit of time for character development, but, you know, it's in their action movies. They spend a lot of time being chased and worrying about the future, right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's fine. And, you know, within the context of those movies, those characters are developed quite well. I'm not talking about, you know, Terminator 3 again. I'm just 1 and 2. Um, but, uh, you know, it's like the reason why you do a Terminator TV show is you get to explore really in-depth what the characters are like and the different things that they're going through in a wide variety of scenarios. And I think we've seen a lot of that and, you know, I've been, I, what can I say? I'm eating it up. I'm a freaking Terminator fanboy. What do you expect? Yeah, but that's, you know, I, I want to see a plan though. I want to see like
0: a plan in place and like a concerted effort to do something. And it seems like they've
1: been kind of, I, I don't know, jumping at sh- point. They, I think they, they were trying, they had a plan at the beginning, right? You know, they were looking for signs of Skynet, they found the, the chess computer, all that business, Um, and they went out after that, and you know, my memory is escaping, I think a lot of those plot holes kind of, you know, spiraled off um, and were resolved kind of awkwardly. You know, basically like, kill this guy, we got a dead end, and meanwhile there's you know, Catherine Weaver, uh, Liquid Metal Terminator, Zyrocorp, Corp, which we've kind of you know, been led to assume that that's the Skynet all along, except up to until now. So, um, but you're right, though. I think somewhere along the way, um, you know, that big master plan to get at Skynet kind of filtered away. And then it became there. There certainly has been a lot. That's been replaced by a lot of navel gazing, certainly. Right. I'll give that,
0: and, and that, like, it's only now in the in the last episode of the season that it's that it's coming together. Right. Right. Uh, That – right, that there's a um, – yeah, I mean, you said that there was the Riley storyline. There's the, you know, Jesse Reese storyline. There's John sitting there like a pussy and not doing anything. uh, There's Sarah going going on missions by herself with this, like, quasi-mystical three dots thing that ended up being, like, the lights on the bottom of that – Of that Skynet drone that that just disappeared into the truck with the guy who later kidnapped Sarah but now has disappeared again. And then, like, you know, and then there was a thing with, uh, you know, a submarine in the future. And then there's the, yeah, then there's the Weaver. uh, uh, So sorry, Weaver. You get nothing. Absolutely nothing. You're so stupid.
1: Sorry. What are you talking
0: about? UHF
1: uh, with not, Weird Al. No, I hate to say it. I hadn't seen it. I know. I'm, 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 I'm turning my overthinking a card now.
0: You gotta give in your your decoder badge. It's okay. I've never seen Babylon Five. I have to give in my decoder badge for
1: that. Um, yeah. So, so I, I yes, you know, they're are right. You know, you pointed out a lot of the, of the plot holes there, but um, I would say I would counter with this name. One, uh, you know, heavy, heavily serialized uh, television drama, which you know, by its second season hasn't had tons of those kinds of unresolved plot holes, which are eventually resolved. Um, let me just stop right there. Name one signed, name one serialized drama, um, that has gone two seasons and has not, you know, left uh, its audience with a lot of unresolved plot holes The Wire. <sighs> I mean, Sorry, say- I
0: hate to I hate to bring it up, but that show was like, now of course they only had to make 13 episodes and they had the luxury of writing them all before they uh before they started, right? There was never any question of like what the order would be for the season, whether they'd get to do a full season, and they were not ratings dependent because they were they were on HBO. So it's not really fair because they got to do they got to do each season as a thing complete in itself.
1: Right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know, obviously none of us are television writers. Well, like n- neither of us are television writers, let's right. put it that way. Um, and I cannot, you know, say with, you know, what really goes on, you know, in, in the back room of a television of a, of a TV writers thing. But, I, you know, I would just have to assume that, um, you know, maybe they had a master plan to begin with for how this was all going to spool out in their minds. Um, and quickly had to dispense with it as they were adjusting to the realities of the writer's strike you don 't forget that happened and interrupted the first uh, prematurely end of the first season um, and just you know the other dynamics of the show you know reacting to pressure from the studio from i think that 's something
0: that made the first season good though you could kind of feel that um, that like just rush to kind of make everything fit together and I thought that was. You know, I thought that was cool. I think things like uh, Cameron going off and doing the guy for uh, killing the Terminator that was put in place in the 20s, you know, was um, like that was uh, it's not integrated back into the back into the the main main storyline except to say uh, that that john and sarah don't know about it right that they don't have any clue that she's going out and doing things which i think highlights the uh the problem with them which is that there's no plan that they don't know what's going on
1: you know yeah i I thought for a second there you were gonna like you know sing the praises of that particular episode Um, but you're not though
0: no, I mean, I think it was an okay episode. I thought it was good okay. good action. I liked the detective story aspect of it. I like the idea that, that, you know, Skynet is not just focusing on the time around John Connor. You know, that there's, uh, there are more, more plans in place. Seems like Skynet has a better plan than the, the Resistance does.
1: So well, the reason why I ask that is because I think I've heard from some people, maybe not overthinking it, writers who saw that episode and really liked it. Um, I definitely was not one of those people who liked that episode. Um, but kind of touching on what you said, my main problem with that is uh, the way that the show uses time travel in general. Um, sure. We have seen, you know, I, at one point I was thinking I should probably do a blog post about this, but just count the number of, of, of Terminators that we see and, and, and the number of time travelers, just writ large, Terminators and humans, and extrapolate from that the number of time travel leaps that have occurred in the future. Right. And then, you know, once you get that large number, it's probably at least a dozen, if not more. Yes. Then what you've done is essentially kind of, you know, taken down one of the uh, central premises that I thought of the original Terminator movies, which is that time travel is difficult to do. Right. I don't know. Maybe they figure it it's, out it's, or something. It's not a facetious thing. Um, you know, it's like a big deal. You know, we could only send one person through the portal. Right. You know, again, they, 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 the, the machine sent one you know, bad Terminator back and we can only send one back. Yeah. But then what that, that, you know, what uh, they, send, to the, yeah, they band, send
0: the nest of, it, they send the nest of four guys back with, with Reese. Uh, yeah. Jesse comes back. The girlfriend comes back and they were on a rogue mission too. It's not like they were, you know, right. Exactly. The, so apparently, yeah, plan. no, apparently like time travel is now available to dissenting elements within the
1: resistance. Yeah. And that, and that, that bothered me. For for some reason, and you know what, and then and then, this this also brings me to the re- this other realization, and and rather you can you know tell me if you think that I'm totally crazy or not, um, which is that you know all this time travel keeps happening in the future, right? Right. I for some reason I I can't quite specifically say why. Um, I w- I was got the impression that basically that you know the way that they show the future events um, at least highly implied that. You know, at the instant they send someone back in time, right, that their present doesn't change. In other words, they continue, right? And they're sending people back in time into alternate realities, alternate universes, alternate timelines. So this whole concept of sending people back in time to change the past is kind of shaky because your, your present doesn't change. Right. Right? You know, like you you know the, you, you send someone back. And it's not like at that instance, you know, all of their past actions then catch up and then you boom, you're in a completely different future.
0: Right. Contrast this to the to the back to the future theory of time travel, which, though, there are more holes in it than, uh, I don't know, something very holy. Uh, like Easter. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, holy holy Triduum. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, God, um, the. Uh, uh, it's you know there's one timeline and it automatically adjusts to become internally consistent. Right. Uh, within that timeline, uh, that's also the Bill and Ted's version it's, of it's time. It's also the
1: uh, the Futurama, the first Futurama animated movie. Yeah, the, the right. Time travel model there. Sure. Where everything internally correct, corrects itself to become internally consistent.
0: Right. Whereas this is the this is a more this is kind of more like. Uh, what you see in modern physics, I guess, with multiple timelines. Uh,
1: right. That, and that's, you know, that's each, the thing. each
0: branching off in alternate realities whenever a crucial decision is made or something has
1: changed. Right. And actually, now that I think about this, the show has actually explicitly acknowledged this with the Jesse Kyle. Um,
0: right. Exactly. When they, when they tortured and killed Toby from the West Wing.
1: Yes. Um, hold on. It's not Kyle. It's, uh, God, what's it? What's, what's his name? What's Derek. The character? Derek, sorry, yeah. I've been saying Kyle before. Derek, the, the Jesse and Derek storyline, um, a couple of times they realize essentially that although they're the same you know, people, they come from different timelines, and therefore their experiences are totally, are, are significantly disconnected.
0: Right, exactly. Jesse comes from one where uh, Toby from the West Wing was a big badass and you know, taught the machines how to torture people, and uh, Derek comes from one where that That didn't happen, which is at least, you know, an okay way of acknowledging that there are problems when you start to use time travel as a narrative device. But I see your point in that it really defeats the whole premise of the Terminator franchise, which is that uh, Judgment Day is something that we can prevent. And at that point, we will have won. Yeah, maybe I don't know if I was going quite
1: that far. Um,
0: I, no, think, I think well, I think that that's the conclusion of what you're what you're saying that if it's all alternate timelines, then like yes, we can you know maybe prevent judgment day in, in a few of time, the, time yeah and but you know sucks for all the other people who didn't make it over to this timeline, yeah, you know, because they continued on the way things were after someone got sent back in time and an alternate reality branched off
1: right, so you're saying that that's essentially because like you know. Like I send someone back in time and I'm still sitting in shitty post-apocalyptic Los Angeles that exactly. I didn't really do myself any good. I didn't do the people around me any good.
0: No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's I, not I, like – Maybe
1: I helped like the people back in time in an alternate universe, alternate timeline, which I just branched off and created at that instant. Exactly.
0: Yeah, right. Oh, my the, head hurts. Well, no. I think that that's – I mean <laughs> if that's the way you're going with your theory of time travel and that like – well, it's almost kind of like why bother Uh, because, well, I guess the struggle, I guess if you're oppressed, you know, why bother, um, why bother resisting your tormentors? Well, you know, because they're there, but, uh, you know, it's not like there's no win, you know, there's no scenario in which, uh, in which you can win. I hadn't thought of that. I think that's, that's really interesting. Um, I still think I think the weakness of the show is a lack of of the kind of intricate plotting that would make that that would make this kind of thing interesting. I think it's inexcusable that uh, the Weaver and John Henry and Allison storyline is only being brought back to the Sarah Connor storyline now. I think that they really wasted Jesse and Riley by having them off in their own little thing and then killing them off rather than having them either join the team or be an alternate team, uh, you know, be a, a, like a renegade faction where, you know, Sarah and John were aware of them and maybe aware of what they were doing, and there may have been some kind of competition. You know, not only now are we trying to defeat Skynet, but now we're trying to defeat these people who are you know, sneaking around behind our backs because they have different ideas about preventing Judgment Day than we do, and they don't actually trust John anymore. I love that, but none of that got a none of that got a chance
1: to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's what, I guess we should be, you know, just to kind of, you know, I guess to encapsulate our feelings, because we are, you know, talking about, I think we're spending a lot of time, you know, picking things apart right. about the show that we don't like. Well, what the hell, we're overthinkers, right? It's kind of what we do, we nitpick. Yeah, look at the name of the blog. Uh, yeah, <laughs> look it up. Um... But, you know, just to kind of get back to where we started, I think... We can both still say that we like the show. Yes.
0: I enjoy it. I think it's better than a lot of crap that's on television. I like that it's kick-ass science fiction. I like Summer Glau. I like her fight scenes. I like her fitted jeans. I like <laughs> it when she gets her top ripped. Like, you know, I'm I'm all for sexy, sexy Terminator. And I think there were implications that, like, she's John Connor's personal sex doll in the future. Oh, and big, I, big time. Yeah. I believe totally that. That's interesting. Like, what if the leader of the resistance kind of gets Stockholm Syndrome in, in a way? That's not quite the right metaphor, but you know what I'm saying? What if he, like, falls in love with this Terminator because he spent all his life thinking about machines?
1: Well, it's, it's even more than that. I think the show really implied not just, you know, that he gets, you know, had, gets, get, had sex with, you know, his sex machine robot. Um, it's that, you know, John Connor in the future... Um, you know loses a lot of trust in the people around him and finds the machines more reliable and more trustworthy
0: right, the fact that
1: he's putting them
0: in command of a lot of missions like the submarine yeah right, right, exactly like yeah, I think that was interesting. I think more exploration of that dynamic and seeing how that uh, how that starts sure. you know like I, I think people skulking around and being distrustful of each other is not very interesting story to, well, and now I'm getting into complaining again so, I, you know, I like it, there, there is still enough about it that's good, I am invested in the characters, I'm invested in the outcome already, you know, I want to yeah. see, and I really, I'm, I'm rooting for them, I mean, I think they've missed some opportunities along the way, but I want this, especially if it does turn out to be the end of the series I want it to be awesome, you know where some, you know mind-blowing plot twist happens and we see the whole thing in a new light and it turns out that there was a plan all along and we actually can go back to the other episodes and decode secret messages you and i are more more or less on the same page i think about predictions for the thing so you make it was your prediction
1: originally so you yeah before i get to the prediction i just kind of want to give my last thought about what i have thought of the series so far yeah well first of all the context is that you know i haven't watched a lot of serialized television um, this has kind of been one of the first of those sorts of shows that have really latched onto. So maybe I'm, you know, in general less critical of the weaknesses of the overall story arc and that sort of thing. Um, I guess kind of when it comes down, what I really just have liked about the show is that they've had the chance to explore all these different types of storytelling in the Terminator universe. Sure. I'm just grateful that they've been able to get these ideas and concepts out there. And I, don't, I haven't really cared so much if they haven't all linked together in one amazingly fluid Uh, Master narrative
0: Sure I'm gonna say I like television I enjoy it I like Character driven Storytelling And I like That you get to spend A lot of time With characters uh, Especially when They're interesting And You know I think the Sopranos Inaugurated a, A new Golden age of television Where The quality Of what we see Is actually By and large A lot higher Than the quality Of the feature films That I see Maybe it's just the future films that I'm seeing. But, you know, on the whole, they combine, uh, they combine entertainment with artistic attainment, you know, in a way. a show. Like, I mean, I'd point to a show like Mad Men and say that it's, it's, I think it's a very good work of storytelling, of, you know, visual storytelling. And it's also entertaining, you know, and that, uh, you know, a lot of things are are great about it. Uh, you know, so I and I so I consequently watch a lot of television sure. and I like I like uh, the kind of storytelling that is character based and where you get where you kind of get to know people. And um, I and I so I kind of get what you're saying. What you're saying is that it's cool to have characters that, you know, in the cinematic realm where um it's very plot driven, and there's like one urgent need that needs to be met within ninety minutes or two hours or whatever, right? It's great to get them out of that uh heavily plot driven structure and spend some time with them.
1: Yeah, I like that I've gotten to know Sarah and John's characters a lot better, and this whole and I think just if nothing else, this exploration of you know what it would be like to be john connor growing up with the weight of the future on your shoulders and all this crazy stuff going on around you like you're gonna be a messed up that's gonna be a messed up uh, growing up for you and, yeah i'm surprised he's not he's not more like gothy and broody than he is he's yeah he's getting pretty far down that uh down that messed up path. it's true yeah so should we do the prediction? Well, yeah, you say, you
0: say your prediction because I more or less agree with you that, that, okay, this would, sure. that this is something that I think they've
1: been laying the groundwork for. Absolutely, yeah. And this is, um, um, I guess, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise to anybody who's seen it um, this far. And uh, so basically in the last episode, um, up till now, Adam raised a, Adam raised a cane. Um, so basically Metal Terminator, Catherine Weaver, um, you know, who we've all thought is, has been the bad person all along, you know, tells Agent Ellison that John, John Henry's, uh, survival, or rather, her daughter's survival and Elson's survival are dependent on John Henry. You know the the, the AI slash Terminator in the basement um, on his on John Henry's survival. Um, which at that point we're like, you know, it's like whoa, right? in other words, so we can extrapolate from that is that essentially the John, and also from the fact that you know the the other artificial intelligence was trying to kill John Henry, we can extrapolate from that essentially that. Um, You know, John Henry is the good AI, you know, trying to stop Judgment Day, Um, which is right, which is which is mind blowing. Right. Which is essentially that when you when you take that even further, it's that John Connor, you know, sent all this crap back in time in order to create an alternate Skynet, which would uh, combat the evil Skynet. And that was his plot for stopping Judgment Day. Do You buy that?
0: Maybe that, like, the idea is the creation of a rival Skynet. Yeah. That
1: that's I, that, that's which, what it's been leading up to. I wasn't I wasn't seeing that. Maybe, uh, you know, I guess maybe I wasn't overthinking it enough. Right. When, you, when now that, that the idea has been introduced, it makes sense. And given also, you know, the things that we uh, talked about before. Right. In terms of John becoming, you know, distrustful of humans and their flaws and finds the machines more reliable. That now this is his idea. This is his new plan. Fight
0: fire, fight fire. He's going to fight fire with fight fire.
1: Fire with fire. Yeah. Right?
0: Well, we will see uh, tomorrow, I guess. Whether or yep, nope. Tomorrow, Friday. Uh, whether you are, uh, whether you are correct. I hope you are, because that is pretty interesting. And yeah, and uh, also
1: just a just a, you know one also big tell for that is the text on the Fox website, which says. The confrontation between the Connors and Weaver uh, changes John's reality forever, right? Wow. I mean, that's pretty big, right? Forever, ever? Forever, ever.
0: Well, we will see, and we will do one more special edition podcast after the season finale, and uh, Mark and I will be there, and maybe we can get Jordan Stokes on as well, because he is a fan of the show.
1: That he is, and as, as all of you should be. Well, yeah, you know, watch oh, uh, it. I'm not going to say that all of you, you know, fellow Terminator fanboys and girls, watch it get, especially if you're in a Nielsen metered
0: household, get on the, uh, <laughs> you know, get on the, the TV, just, you can go to the bathroom or, you know, cook dinner or something like while it's running, just, you know, put it on. So it gets high ratings and comes back next year. We'd like, we, Mark and I would like that anyway.
1: It's, so, yeah, do it for us. If not for, you know, yourself. So your if
0: you're normal. listening and you agree or disagree, if you have anything, you want to say email us at podcast at overthinking it.com or call 20 eat log zero one two zero three two eight five six four zero one and as always you get all the terminator overthinking on www.overthinkingit.com the site that subjects the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it It probably probably doesn't doesn't deserve. deserve